just glad to be in a normal place with some normal guys talking about anything other than the election, amen? And if you're one of those guys, you're like, I wanna talk about the election. You came to the wrong place. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the solution, not all the problems. And uh, I'll tell you what, out there, the world has lost its mind. In here, we want the mind of Christ. We're really glad to see you guys. It's an honor to have you. If you are new, I'm Mark, one of the pastors here at the church. Uh, today, uh, I'm talking about how to be a blessed man. And, uh, and I'll just start with a little personal testimony. I know this is gonna sound weird. This is the best year of my whole life. It's been the best year of my whole life. And in spite of everything, and I feel bad talking to people because people come up and they're like, how are you doing? It's like the zombie apocalypse and all the zombies are checking in, you know? Uh, for me, it's the best year of my life because it's the most blessed year of my life. I've had some really rough years and this is a really great year. And, uh, and I, I want to live under God's blessing and I wanna live under God's anointing. And oftentimes as men, we think about being successful and we should be think about being anointed and blessed. Okay, because if we, if we pursue success, we may or may not be living under God's anointing and experiencing God's blessing. And so the key is to not make plans and then have God show up to actualize them, but to seek God's heart and to walk in his will. And so where, where I wanna start is uh, blessings. If you wanna live under God's anointing and blessing, you gotta start with the Bible. He says this in Romans three, we're in Romans three this weekend. Uh, what ha, uh, then what advantage has the Jew? He's talking about the guy who's in church, the guy who's in the Bible, the guy who's in prayer, the guy who shows up to real men, the guy who's trying to you know, live a, a life of faith or what is the value of circumcision? And this was their outward religious symbol. Obviously here he's writing to men. Okay, he's obviously writing to men. And if you can't figure it out, ask a guy at your table and you can have an awkward conversation, okay? Uh, much in every way to begin with, uh, they were entrusted with the oracles of God or the word of God. So the question is answered, what difference does it make for people in general, but he's talking about men in particular, to be in church, to be with God's people, to be praying, to be learning the word of God. And what he says is actually there are tremendous advantages. There are benefits, there are blessings. There are things that God does when you're under his word that don't happen unless you're under his word. And so um, think of it this way, God doesn't bless you, God blesses this, okay? This is really important. And so if you're seeking to live under the word of God, there is advantage and blessing for you because God is more likely to help you. If you separate or walk away from or rebel against God's word, which is God's will and God's way, he's not going to bless you. You're not gonna live under his anointing. And many men think they are anointed. No, people aren't anointed, God's word is. And people who live under the authority of God's word, they're living in the place that God anoints and blesses, okay? Think of it in this way. How many of you, you've sought to obey God and he's blessed you and you've rebelled against God and you found you were quickly on your own. See, this is because God is a father and you are his sons and, and I'm one of his sons. And in raising my kids, I would lovingly tell them, okay, here's what you need to do. And if they tried to do that, I would try to help them. If they tried to rebel against that, I was not going to assist them. And sometimes what happens in life as men is we have a plan for our life. We're frustrated that God isn't obeying us. Well, it's because he's God and we should obey him. 
And so what he's talking about here is the advantage or the blessing or the help of living under God's word. That's what he's saying. And he's saying it particularly for men, hence the issue of those who are the circumcised. So I was thinking, okay, how do I talk on this this week, Lord? And what do you want me to share with the men? And I'll be honest, it's the best, most blessed season of my life. But this last week or so just felt like a burden on me. Just felt like a, I don't know, just like a heaviness, a weightiness. Um, nothing was necessarily wrong. I wasn't sick. There wasn't any catastrophe. It just, it just felt like spiritually and emotionally, I was kind of running in water up to my waist. Just, just kind of felt bogged down. So I spent some time in prayer and I was praying for me and I was praying for you. And I look forward to seeing you every week. It's one of the highlights of the week for me. And literally I just felt a burden lift. It was supernaturally something broke. Grace is like, what was I? I was like, I don't even know. There was something going on maybe in the unseen realm that I didn't know. And maybe God just broke it. And all of a sudden I just, I felt lighter. I felt blessed. I felt encouraged. I felt hopeful. And in that moment, I started praying. I said, Lord, um, please let the other men experience that this week. That lifting of the burden, that breakthrough of some of the complexity that comes in the unseen realm. And so then I prayed for you and I said, Lord, what do you want me to talk to the men about? And uh, I felt like God said, tell them I wanna bless them. Tell them, God is a father, you're his sons. And I felt like he said, tell them I wanna bless them. I said, okay, Father, how do you want me to tell him that? And then he brought to my mind, Psalm chapter one. So this is where we're gonna spend our time together. And again, we started in Romans and what he says is, the Jewish men who were really blessed lived under the word of God. So if we wanna be the men who are blessed under the word of God, they had the Old Testament and 101 for teaching you how to be a man was Psalm one. It literally is manhood 101. And God brought this to mind and it's, it is the Old Testament word of God. It is for men and it talks about how to be blessed by God. And so he says this in Psalm one, one through three, um, blessed, we'll talk about all of these, blessed, and how many of you would like to be blessed? Right? You're like, that sounds great, okay? Um, blessed is the man, so this is for you men, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Blessing, blessing. So the first thing is God likes to bless men, men who are in Christ. Okay? You need to start with this. God is a father who likes to bless you. Many of you didn't have a dad who was a giver, he was a taker. He was not a burden lifter, he was a burden giver. He was not a blessing. Your father, God, needs nothing from you. He's never using you, he's not abusing you. And his heart is to bless you. His heart is to bless you, okay? And, and the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. And God is blessed to bless you and God longs to bless you and God likes to bless you. Some of you don't believe this because life has been hard. Let me tell you this, life is hard, but God is good. Some of you have had really complicated seasons. There is Satan and demons and sometimes they attack, but that's not God. And you need to know that ultimately God's heart is for you. He's not against you. 
that God wants to bless you, not to burden you. He wants to help you, not to hurt you. That's the heart of God. And he says, blessed is the man. And blessing for everything in your life starts with you. If God blesses you, blessing flows down. Uh, There's an analogy that is given elsewhere in Psalms that blessing flows down like water from a mountain. Or when a man would be anointed in the Old Testament with oil symbolizing um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that the anointing or the blessing would flow down. The reason that God likes to bless men is so that that blessing can flow down. If I am the leader of my family and God blesses me, that blessing can flow down to my wife and my children. As a pastor, if God blesses me, that blessing can flow down on our church family and the other families. God wants to bless you, but he wants to bless you in such a way that his blessing flows down because as the man, you're the head. And so just like anointing starts at the head and flows down, so the anointing starts on the man and it flows down from there. So that as he says here, all that he does prospers, that everyone and everything in your life would be under the blessing that God gives to you. Now, it says that God doesn't just bless men, he blesses men who walk together in relationship. Let me explain the blessings real quick. The blessings of God are internal, external, and eternal, okay? And as a man, we like to get a return on investment. If we put in time, we want a relationship. If we put in money, we want a return. If we're nice to our wife, we're hoping that she's nice in return. We always like a return on investment. The blessings of God are internal. How many of you men in meeting God Internally, your burdens got lifted, your sins got forgiven, your shame got cleansed, your, your condemnation got fixed, your bitterness got healed. There's something in you where just like, I'm forgiven and I forgive, I'm loved and I'm loving, I'm changing and it is changing how I feel about God, myself and others. God does deep profound work in a man and that is part of the blessing. And part of a blessing for a man is simple things like a clear conscience. Like, I know if I die, I'm okay. I know if I pray, he hears. I know that God loves me. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that Jesus is real. I know that the big questions are all taken care of. Who is God? Who am I? And what happens when you die? There is some blessing that's just internal, okay? Sometimes the blessing is external. All of a sudden, God provides a job. There's financial profit or prosperity that comes. Maybe there's health that comes or healing that comes, or there's a healed relationship with a family member or friend, or maybe a marriage where you're like, gosh, this is actually pretty good. Um, Or you got kids and you're like, you know what? I love them, they love me, we love the Lord. It's not perfect, but you know, this is an external blessing. The children are a blessing. The wife is a blessing. The job is a blessing. The provision that God gives is a blessing. And sometimes the blessing is eternal where Jesus says, do not store up your treasure on earth, but store it up in heaven. For some of you men, you're not going to see all of your blessing in this life. I would say for all of us, we're not gonna see the fullness of God's blessing in our life. Much of that is waiting for us. Just like you've got a retirement account that you invest in, and then there's a day when you cash it in, you've got a retirement account in the kingdom of God and living in relationship with God is always making deposits into that account. And ultimately we don't get any withdrawals from that account until the kingdom of God. So the blessings are internal, they're external, and they're eternal, but God likes and loves to bless men. Now, let me just say this. How many of you have a child or a grandchild? Okay, grandchild. How does it feel to bless them? 
to be generous toward them, to help them, to encourage them, to love them. What does that feel like? Feels awesome. Give me other one word summaries of what that feels like. Joy, a lot of joy. Fulfilling. It's fun. It totally is fun. How many of you give a gift to a kid, they smile, you're like, we both like that, right? That's the grandpa heart, amen? You need to know that the, the father's heart for you is like that. It's joyful, it's fun, it's awesome, right? That the father likes to bless you. Now, how do you live in the place that God blesses? Because again, God doesn't bless people, he blesses places and people need to get into the place that God blesses, which is ultimately under his word. What he says is that God blesses men who walk together in relationship. He says it uh, this way, the man who walks not in the council. So these are relationships of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Do you see the progression? He says, some guys, they're walking with guys they shouldn't be walking with. You shouldn't be hanging out with these guys. We all know those guys. Right? How many of you, how many of you know that guy? You're like, yeah, if I hang out with that guy, it's gonna be true. And some of you are like, I don't know a guy like that. You're that guy. I hate to tell you, you're that guy. <laughs> if you're not, if you're like, I don't have any dangerous friends, you're the dangerous friend. I'm just breaking it to you. Okay, you're walking with guys you shouldn't be walking with. And then what does he say? You, you stop. This is where you start to get into trouble. Next thing you know, he says, you are sitting. What that means is you're gonna be there for a while, okay? This is like Adam and Eve. They need to walk by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the place of temptation. They need to walk by it. But one day Adam stops, Eve stops. They're supposed to walk by it, they stop. Next thing you know, that's where they're gonna spend their time and energy and they're partaking in sin. What he's saying is for a man, the problem is not out there. The problem is in here. And the problem is sometimes the men that we're walking with, they stop us. They're literally, hey, look at this. You're like, I don't need to see that. Hey, let's talk about this. I don't need to talk about that. Hey, let's go there. I don't need to go there, okay? Hey, let's do this. I don't need to do that. I, I need to walk by it. I don't need to stop and look at it. Cause what happens if you stop and look at it, what happens? Eventually you're sitting down and invested in it and connected to it. And what he says is this is what gets men into trouble. Most men, they're not anticipating that they'll be literally giving a lot of their time and energy, literally planting their life in a place of temptation and frustration. It all starts with having the wrong guys to walk with. This is why when Daniel makes it through Babylon, he's got a couple of good guys to walk with. This is why when Jesus sends out the disciples, he sends them out in a group, a couple of guys together. Uh, this is why the Bible talks a lot about two or three witnesses. If you're gonna make a good decision, make sure a couple of good guys are helping speaking into that. And so what he's talking about here is um, ultimately, I'm gonna call it a burden path. You walk with the wicked, you stand with the sinners and you sit with the scoffers. What are the scoffers? The scoffers are the guys that are making fun or light or criticizing what other men are doing and they're not doing anything. What he says is a scoffer is just one who sits there. He's not doing anything. He's not building anything. He's not creating anything. He's not accomplishing anything. He's just complaining about what everyone else is doing. The men do this. Yeah, 
We do, right? We do this in politics. We do this in sports. Talk radio was created for these men. Literally, they sit in the seat of scoffers. Longtime caller, first time listener. I'd like to complain about the offensive line, Congress. Just pick whatever your particular pain point is. It's like, well, what's your plan? Nothing. I'm just sitting in the seat of scoffers. I mean, it's, it's in my car, but that's my seat of scoffer. And so what he's talking about is the way to undo that is first of all, find different guys to walk with. Who are, who are the friends? Who are the guys you're gonna walk with? You need to walk by some things, but then where are you gonna stand? Literally, where are you gonna physically be? So let me honor you tonight, because what you're doing tonight is you started by walking in, you stood in the room, and now you're what? Sitting. You're following the same process that gets men into trouble, and that's the process that gets men out of trouble. See, because you could have grabbed some guys, driven by the church, stopped at the strip club or the casino, and went in and sat down. And I'm just telling you, you would have a different night. Amen? How many of you guys have been to the strip club or casino? And you could testify to the homeschool guys that it's a different experience, <laughs> right? <laughs> homeschool guys are like, is it different? For all you guys who weren't homeschooled, is it different? Yes, it's very different, it's very different. Uh, it ends up with guilt and hand sanitizer and debt. It, it's just, there's nothing good about that, okay? Um, that's the counterfeit trinity, guilt, hand sanitizer and debt. And so, so what it does is it's the same process. It's like, who am I gonna walk with? And where am I gonna stop? Where am I gonna pull my car over? Where am I gonna go in? Where am I gonna literally, I'm gonna stand there. And then where am I gonna, where am I gonna sit? Where am I gonna sit? And I wanna honor you, men, because what you're doing is exactly what God blesses. God looks down and says, okay, that guy is walking by temptation and frustration. He's walking with some good guys. He's walking into a place where God's men are and he's sitting down to build relationships, not with the scoffers, but with the worshipers. See, worshipers thank God for what he does. Scoffers criticize others for what they do. The difference between a worshiper and a scoffer is a scoffer is looking at everybody else and a worshiper is looking up to God, okay? And so the blessing path is you walk with the godly, you stand with the repentant sinners and you sit with the worshipers. The third thing is God blesses men who are in and under his word. Um, if you will seek by God's grace and the Holy Spirit's power to live in God's word, so you're in it and it's in you, and to live under it, to obey it, God will bless you in one way or another. Maybe internal, maybe external, maybe eternal, but the promise is that God will bless. He says, blessed is the man who does these things. And he says it this way, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on it he meditates day and night, day and night. Um, if you are new and you're a new guy and you don't have a good Bible, we're gonna give you one. Uh, for my birthday a few weeks ago, I went back and gave away hundreds of Bibles to kids. For those of you men who uh, you have a child, Make sure you read the word of God with them from a young age. And if your kid brought home a kid's Bible, it's awesome if mom reads it with them. But Ephesians 6 says that men should bring up their children in the Lord. So let's be those guys, okay? Let's be those guys. But if you don't have a good Bible, um, and there are many good Bibles, you let your table lead know 
we've got a stack of really nice, ESV is the translation study Bibles. We will give you your Bible. We're those guys, right? There are men in this room that were given their first Bible in their whole life in this room. There are guys in this room that then became Christians reading God's word and they got their first Bible in, the, in this room, okay? So if you don't have a Bible, you let us know. You let your table lead know. We'll go get a stack of them for you. And uh, what's really cool is over and over and over at Real Men, there's always guys who say, how many, how many dollars for how many cases of Bibles? And they just keep buying Bibles because we like to give them away. We just like to put the word of God in a man's hands because the only thing more powerful than a man is the word of God to change a man, okay? And what he's saying is this, um, God blesses men who are in and under his word. And I shared this a little bit on Sunday uh, and Saturday. There was a, a study done by a group called Back to the Bible. And they did a survey of 400,000 Americans just looking at their involvement with the Bible and what impact it had on their life. And they came up with something called the power of four effect. I hit it this weekend, but I'll reiterate it. It was that at day one, day two, day three of being in the Bible, minimal impact or effect on your life. As soon as you have God's word in your life four days a week, there is incredible transformation. As soon as God's word becomes the majority of your week, your week changes. It just does. It's something supernatural. There is something supernatural in the word of God that isn't in talk radio. It's not in sports and it's not on Netflix. Not that all of those things are bad. But God, the Holy Spirit shows up when a man opens the word of God in a way that he doesn't show up anywhere else or, or in any other circumstances. Like I've been told for 25 years, you need to preach a sermon that's 22 to 25 minutes because that's a television show minus the commercial. That's somebody's attention span. They can't handle any more than that. And I say, well, that's because when they watch television, the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. Holy Spirit's not like, you know, I really want to help them get the most out of the bachelorette. You know, this is really important to me, <laughs> right? God, the Holy Spirit shows up when the word of God is open and taught in a way that he doesn't show up for anything else. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. Our church has doubled recently. Most churches in America are running 30 to 45%. We're running, well, as of last Sunday, we were 193% compared to last year, okay? My pastor friends are calling. They're like, what are you doing? I'm yelling at them in Romans for an hour. One of the sermons was an hour and 23 minutes. He was here, yeah. And I thought halfway through, I offended everybody because a bunch of people left. They were going to the bathroom, they came back. And we just need to do it like football. People need a halftime. They just need to go get a, a little break. And so, but the point is that when the word of God is open, the power of God is unleashed in a way that is just supernatural and defies all logical explanation, okay? And what's true is true in your life. Once God's word becomes the majority of your week, and I'm saying, I'll just be really practical with you guys. You can listen to the audio Bible while you're driving in the car, okay? The YouVersion Bible app, it's awesome. They'll just read the Bible to you. So if you're in, you're in traffic, you can listen to God's word. You could read it for yourself. You could read it with your wife. You could read it with your kids. Um, whatever works, whatever translation you like, whatever plan works for you, I don't care, just get in the word of God, get the word of God in you. 
And I know in a group like this, there are some of you guys, you feel a little embarrassed because you're like, I don't know how to do that. Or some of you guys would be like, I've been in church my whole life, but I'll be honest, I've not really been much of a Bible guy. And you may feel a little self-conscious or embarrassed. Just be honest. You know what? The guys who walked in this room and sat down with you, they're not the scoffers. They're not here to make fun of you. They're not here to criticize you. They're not here to uh, discourage you. These are not the scoffers. These are the brothers. The brothers are here to help you. So for some of you guys who are more seasoned Bible guys, help those guys around the table. Just tell them, give me your phone. I'll download the app. Um, and while you're at it, download those other apps and delete them. You know, you're like, yeah, you don't need the naughty pictures. You need the New Testament. We're gonna get, you know, help the guys out and help them with very, for men, it needs to be very practical. And I'm assuming that God will put the right guys at the right tables to help one another. What works for you, what works for you. There's tools, not rules, right? So there's not one way to do it. There's lots of ways to do it. But what would it look like for you to have an organized plan, not just to feed your body, but to feed your soul, the word of God? Because Jesus says, you don't live on bread alone. It's not just the food you eat. You need every word from God to nourish and feed your soul. And let me say right now, the world we live in, if your soul ain't healthy, you're in trouble. Your soul's gonna be filled with anger, temptation, fear, frustration, bitterness, you need it to be filled with the word of God. Well, the power four effect, what they found was when a Bible reading plan becomes part of the majority of the week, people are, listen to this, 57% less likely to get drunk. 57%. Okay, there are guys that are the recovery guys in the room and uh, we love you and we're honored and glad to have you. And the, the more you're in God's word, you'll be filled with the spirit, which will help you not be filled with spirits. It literally is, is that clear. We either get filled with spirits, alcohol, or the spirit. How about this one? 59% less likely to view pornography. Now, how many guys struggle with pornography? There's two kinds of guys, liars and dead guys. Those are the only two guys that don't struggle with pornography. Okay. <laughs> Amen? You chuckle, but it's true. Those are, I, there's only two kinds of guys who don't struggle with the pornography, liars and dead men. Those are the only two guys. For other guys, if you are in the word of God, the majority of the week, your viewing of pornography automatically goes down 59%. You know why? Because you can either take the poison and feed your soul, or you can take the spirit and feed your soul. And the more the spirit feeds your soul, the less you desire to consume the poison, okay? And all of a sudden then, the Holy Spirit becomes part of this, okay? Once the Holy Spirit becomes part of this, then all of a sudden, what you're looking at and how you're commenting and what you're consuming starts to change. In addition, how many of you are single guys? Single guys, okay, single guys. Uh, 68% less likely to have sex outside of marriage, which I guess would include us married guys as well, okay? Because what you can't do is say, I'm reading the Bible and trying to have sex with my girlfriend. It just doesn't work. Because the whole time you're reading, the Holy Spirit is giving you the father's heart for his daughter, which is not to abuse her, but to bless her. And if you're reading the scriptures and you're in the word of God, what God will do, he will start to heal up you as a man so that you can love your wife and not stray from her, forgive her, not be bitter against her, 
to be content with her and not be covetous of others. It literally rehardwires a man. And then 74% less likely to gamble. 74%. What that means is literally every guy walking into the casino, what he really needs is a Bible. Because if he'd read the Bible, he would leave the casino. And what we tend to do as men, we try to figure out, okay, how do I manage my alcohol? How do I manage my pornography? How do I manage my sexuality? And how do I um, manage my gambling and overspending? All of those are dealt with, with one thing, more Bible. Now, the Bible is perfect, we're not. So just because we're consuming the Bible doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything is perfect but the Bible is perfect and it begins a process of changing us to be more like Jesus who is perfect. Okay. How many of you men, this has been to some degree, your experience. The more you got in the Bible, the less you got into trouble. Anybody seen that? Okay. And so what he's talking about here is, blessed is the man whose delight, means he likes it, he enjoys it, is in the law of the Lord and on it, he meditates day and night. Let's have a little conversation about that. We're kind of a big group, but what does it mean to meditate on the word of God day and night? Study. Part of it is study. It's not just cursory, but it's studying. How many of you guys, you've got a job or a career that you've got to kind of deep dive and you've got to really know your subject matter for your area, okay? As Christians, we all need to deep dive. We need to dig into the Bible and study it because it's an area that we need to grow in our expertise in. What else does it look like to meditate day and night? Memorizing, how many of you guys, memorizing is really crucial because the Bible says in Ephesians, it says in Hebrews that it's a sword for battle. And when Satan and demons and temptation show up, you need to do warfare literally with the word of God, the sword of God. Jesus does this. Satan shows up to him, Matthew 4, Luke 4. And he says, it is written, it is written, it is written. Those were all scriptures that he had memorized. And so knowing the Bible, what it does is it gives you clarity when you're under spiritual attack and it gives you an offensive weapon to fight back for temptation and also frustration. What else does it look like, man, just practically to meditate on the word of God day and night? Yeah, the day and the night. Yeah, so you start the day. Okay, I want God's mind and heart. You end the day, I want God's mind and heart. If you start the day with God's mind and heart, your decision-making and your emotional spectrum during the day is going to be different and better. How many of you guys right now, you wake up, first thing you do is turn on your phone and then read what's going on in politics. And you're like, you, I'm just telling you right now, that's not the best way to start. That's like waking up and instead of eating breakfast, punching yourself in the crotch. That's not the way to start. <laughs> that's just not where to start. And if you end the day with God's word, what does that do to your thoughts and your sleep? It improves it. And what a lot of men struggle with is anger and frustration during the day and then anxiety and insomnia at night. And what he's saying is start the day with God and his word, end the day with God and his word, see if your day isn't better, see if your soul isn't healthier. What else does it mean to meditate on the word of God day and night? Pray with scripture. So some of you guys will struggle with prayer. Prayer is literally you're reading something and it hits you and you just stop and talk to God about it. God is your father. 
Jesus refers to him as father more than 70 occasions. It's his favorite title for God. And he teaches us to pray our father. And so the way prayer and Bible reading work together is you're reading it and you're like, huh, the Holy Spirit is gonna bring people and things to mind. You'll be reading, you'll be like, oh, that reminds me of my wife. Let me stop and pray for her. Oh, that reminds me of something I did in my past. God, I did that. I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And also please lift that burden from me. And thank you that Jesus died for it. You're reading it. You're like, gosh, that reminds me of my kid. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna stop right now and pray for my kid. You know, then what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna text my kid and say, hey, dad loves you. I'm praying for you. I'm gonna text my wife, say, God brought you to mind today. And so I stopped and prayed for you. What that does is that builds your relationship with God and then it builds your relationship with others. Scripture is how God talks to us. Prayer is how we talk to God. And a conversation with God is where you're reading the Bible and praying. It's really practical. And some of you guys, you feel like prayer needs to be real formal. It doesn't. God's your father. Any of you raised a kid, right? They just, if you're their dad, what do they do? They just talk to you. They don't get a rug. They don't kneel down. They don't beseech. They're just, hey, dad, I want to talk to you about this. Okay, great. You're the father's sons. It doesn't need to be formal. It just needs to be respectful. And as you're reading, the Holy Spirit's going to bring things to mind. Just stop and talk to God about it. And this is where eventually for a man, it may be a new habit, but just like when you were a kid learning how to ride a bike, you know, like I was a little wobbly at first, but then I figured out prayer and Bible reading, literally those, those are the two pedals on the Christian bike. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm figuring this out. And God talks to me in the word and I talk to him in prayer and he shows me stuff and I stop and pray for myself and other people and things. And, and part of what that is for us men, it's verbal processing. How many of you are verbal processors? Okay. For me, it's been a career and a problem. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. When you're reading the Bible and praying, it's a way of verbal processing. So maybe you got something to talk to your wife about or your kids about. You need to talk to God before you talk to them. And if you talk to God, it will change how you talk to them. How many of you, you talk to your wife or you talk to your kids and it didn't go well. And then you talk to God and God's like, you should talk to me first. I would have coached you up. I would have dialed you in, son. Don't just start with her. You talk to me, she talks to me. Let me talk to both of you and then you'll be ready to talk to each other. So the prayer and Bible reading is how it really goes together. Uh, what else does it mean practically look like to meditate on God's word day and night? What's that? Yeah, keep it in your mind. You know, like, and so it's a, it's a conscious habit of I'm going to, be bringing to mind the things that God is teaching me. It's an intentionality. Because otherwise what can happen is sometimes we get our minds consumed with things that um, quite frankly, we're anxious about and are beyond our control. And we're obsessed about those things. And until we get a solution or a resolution, we're sort of consumed by them. And what is it saying? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. I'm gonna, I wanna spend some time talking to God, thinking about God, thinking about something else. And what I would tell you right now is the whole world needs diversions. There is such a thing as a good diversion. That when you're overwhelmed, sometimes it's good to think about something else. The problem in 2020, they shot all of our diversions, right? You like sports is canceled, movies are canceled. You know what's not canceled? Meeting with God, meeting with God. And so sometimes when something is so consuming of your heart and mind, that it's overwhelming, you need to replace it with something else. And it would be far better to replace it with the word of God than something else, okay? It's very practical. 
Here's what I'm telling you. I love you guys and I want good for you. And I just know that the more the Bible gets into you, the more you're gonna be like Jesus, the more that you're gonna be blessed and the more that you're gonna be a blessing, okay? And it, it comes down to just very practically, what does this look like? So we'll get there in our table conversations. But in our priorities, what does this look like? Do you take time in the morning or evening or whatever works for you? What does this look like in your schedule, your commute? It's not just throwing in the word of God as a secondary issue in your life, but starting with it as a primary issue in your life. And it may literally just be one night a week, we're not watching TV. My wife and I are gonna pray and we're gonna read together. It may literally be, I'm gonna read to my kids and they're gonna read to me when it's bedtime. It may just be, I'm gonna stop listening to talk radio and on my commute for a week, I'm just gonna every day listen to the word of God on the way to work and on the way home and see if that doesn't change who I am at work and who I am at home. As men, we get into habits that may not be healthy. And this is a great encouragement to reset those habits. And then the fourth one, this is uh, the last one, then we'll break you into groups. God blesses men who plant themselves and their families in good soil. He says, he, the blessed man is like a tree. Um, one of the things I found in Arizona is uh, the trees have really shallow roots. Just the, the ground is hard, which means in some places you can plant a tree anywhere and it'll take, right? Like if you're from, the Northwest where I'm originally from, the ground is so wet that pretty much wherever you drop a seed, it's gonna grow. But in Arizona, you gotta be pretty strategic about this. And that the roots don't go very deep unless you find really good soil. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither and all he does, he prospers. So what he's talking about is this, he's talking about um, God likes to bless you You'll be blessed if you're in relationship under his word and that you figure out where you're gonna plant yourself, okay? You're gonna plant yourself. How many of you guys like going up to the White Mountains, Payson, Prescott, Flag? And if you're new, it's not Prescott, it's Prescott. It's with a K and an I. Uh, I don't know why, I learned that. It's like, it's Prescott. I was like, they must not have good schools in Prescott because nobody even knows how to pronounce Prescott. It's anyway, so. How many of you guys like going up to the mountains because the topography changes and there's trees? Especially this time of year, it's fall, it's pretty. And it's getting into hunting season, which is great. But what he's talking about here is, if you're gonna plant something, you better find a good stream and a water source nearby. Now we really know this in the desert, amen? We really know this, the importance of a water source. Here's the question, where are you planting yourself? Okay, so let me ask you this. What does it look like for a man, even a Christian, not to plant himself somewhere? What does that look like? So yeah, he's here, he's there. I go to this church and then I go to this church and I go to this group and I go to that group or I podcast this or I do that. And what he is, he's consuming, but he's not rooting, okay? It's the rooting that really matters. If you wanna grow something big, the roots need to go deep. If you wanna bear a lot of fruit, you're gonna need a lot of nourishment, okay? What a lot of men do, they let their wife go plant. Hey babe, you go to church, make relationships, get to know some people, yeah. Go dig the roots in. And then she's like, what about the kids? Yeah, take the kids too. Make sure they get in a good, you get in a good women's group, you get them in a good youth group and you can't, you know, you, know, you guys go, you know, go, 
go get your roots dug in, go root in somewhere. But what does dad usually not do? He's not planted anywhere. He's not planted anywhere. What I wanna encourage you men is that most of you are here because you're deciding to plant yourself somewhere, okay? How many of you, does anybody here work in landscaping or gardening? Any of those guys? Work in landscape or gardening? Okay. What happens to a tree if you plant it, uproot it, replant it, uproot it, replant it, uproot it? I don't know, because I don't garden. I put AstroTurf in my yard. I'm asking the expert, what happens to that tree? It's gonna be weak? No, no roots, no strength? Is it ever gonna grow to full maturity? No. See, what men are looking, for, what men want, they, they, they wanna be strong and they wanna be fruitful, but they don't wanna be rooted. And especially you young guys and you easily offended more tender guys. Okay, okay, I know who you are, because uh, I can see it. You're offended that I named you, so welcome. But what you'll think is, I can find a better place. 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 Or I didn't feel comfortable there. So I'm gonna go plant here. Something happened there. So I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna plant there. At some point as men, you gotta decide, you know what? There's no perfect place and I'm not a perfect tree, but I gotta get planted and I need to get my roots sunk. And once a man gets his roots sunk by a healthy stream, what this means is Bible teaching and the flow of the Holy Spirit. What happens is when a man plants himself, all of a sudden that man starts to get healthier. His roots go deeper, he gets stronger, he gets sturdier, he gets healthier, spiritually speaking, and then he gets more fruitful. What's the whole point of fruitfulness? To feed and nourish others. God wants you men to literally be an orchard of fruitfulness that feeds women and children and other men and those in need but you can't be fruitful to feed others if you're a weak tree and you can't become a strong fruitful tree unless you plant somewhere and stick there for a while, okay? And so I wanna encourage you, this is time in the word, this is time in church, this is time with, um, with God's men. And I'll close with this. What happens once you um, literally plant yourself somewhere, and what you guys are doing here is you're planting. That's literally what you're doing. How many of you guys just planting yourself here and picking a few new friends, literally you feel your roots are getting deeper and you're actually getting stronger and healthier and you're seeing some stuff change in your life, okay? Any of you guys experiencing that? You're like, it's like, you know what? I'm getting stronger and I'm, I'm, I'm getting healthier and I'm, I'm getting more fruitful. The benefit of rooting then, especially if you're a man, um, that's where your wife and kids are going to plant as well. And I just wanna honor the people of the Trinity Church. This place has been amazing to my family, uh, amazing. Uh, we planted this church literally four years ago. Um, this is the healthiest season, strongest season of our whole life for every single member of my family. Um, my kids love it here so much serving. Uh, especially when we were doing uh, the homeschool thing, they were like, can I just drop out of school and serve at the church? No, um, you're in eighth grade. You know, you can't, there's no finish line here. But even during this year of all the craziness in our world, there was a good stream here at the Trinity Church. 
there was a good stream and there was good soil. And so I saw my kids really root in and they were already invested, but now they've got really great friends that love the Lord and reinforce our values. If we had planted ourselves somewhere else, they'd have different friends. My wife is having the time of her life with the gals in the back right now. This is the healthiest season of her life with the healthiest female relationship she's ever had. Most joy we've ever had. And it's because literally the women that have decided that they're gonna plant themselves here, they're giving life to each other. They're encouraging one another. For my wife and I, we are seeing our biblical values be reinforced by other families in the church. So one of our kids got married this year, another of our kids got engaged this year, big decisions. They found people that love the Lord and are planted in Christ and in the word and in the church, which is amazing. And now they're looking for wise counsel and advice from other families and couples in the church that guess what? They're in the same flow, they're in the same word, they're by the same stream, they're in the same soil and they're reinforcing all of our values. And now they're encouraging and blessing our kids, even our grown kids who are married or heading toward marriage. I just wanna encourage you guys. I believe that we are, I, I intended not to say, I didn't intend to say this, I believe that we're potentially on the brink of something quite supernatural. Okay, I, I believe that as the world gets sicker, I think the church can get healthier. I think that as some men are self-destructing, um, God could be doing a lot of spiritual correcting in us. And I believe with this many incredible men, there's some great men in the room, if we literally just say, you know what? I'm gonna plant myself here. I'm gonna let my roots go down. We're gonna do this together. I believe that we could create the kind of place that everyone is attracted to because it's the only alternative in a world that's lost its damn mind. Um, and I'm really encouraged when I see men planting, when I see men rooting, when I see men strengthening, when I see men growing, and I see men starting to bear fruit, and then I see women and children nourished and blessed by that fruitfulness, I'm telling you, that's the one thing the world hasn't tried and it's the only thing that works, okay? And uh, I didn't intend to say any of this and maybe we'll take it off the internet, but, um, I was told that Christianity Today did a story on our men's meeting here a few weeks ago. Uh, they said some good and some not so good things about me over the years. And it was basically, uh, as I was told, it was a critique of my view of men. That uh, if you get the men, that doesn't necessarily change anything. And if you get the men, you don't necessarily grow a church. And if you get the men, you don't necessarily make a difference. It was a discouragement for emphasizing men. And I'd say, that's a freaking problem with Christianity Today. Not just the magazine, Christianity Today. Because I'm looking at a room full of men and I'm looking at a church. I'm looking at a church that is doubled in a pandemic and a crisis. And I've seen a church in a pandemic and a crisis that is tripled in children because their fathers love them and want them to get rooted near a healthy stream. Okay? 
So we're gonna do our thing and we're gonna trust Psalm 1. We're gonna trust Psalm 1 and we're gonna see what God does. But I'm actually really hopeful that we're on the brink of something quite supernatural. So here's your table discussion. Uh, How has God blessed you recently? You know, just what, because as men, sometimes we get together, here's my burdens. Great, that's fine. What's your blessings? Uh, How many days a week is God's word in your life? And be honest, right? Just be honest. Don't be like, well, at least seven. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Ned Flanders, you're a liar. That's not true. Okay, just be honest. How are you and your family, if you're married, doing it rooting in good soil? And it's rooting together. When dad's here, mom's at this church, kids are in this thing, it's just rooting together because it really is about you and the whole family. And then how can we pray for you? Because we love you and we wanna pray for you. And if you're new, you don't have to pray and you don't have to give a prayer request. And even if you're not a Christian, that's okay. We'll still pray for you. We're glad to have you. But we like to huddle up like a football team and pray for each other. And we want this to be the one time every week that you can be guaranteed, I am gonna pray for somebody and somebody's gonna pray for me, amen? We want this to be that guarantee. Father, thank you for an opportunity for me to ramble and verbal process a bit. Uh, God, I wanna see these men blessed. Um, God, I wanna see them blessed by you. And Lord, as men, sometimes we wanna be successful. It's a lot better to be anointed. Um, And Lord God, for them to live under your blessing, they need to live in the place that you bless, which is ultimately in relationship, in and under your word, roots dug in, planted somewhere so that they can get nourished and healthy so they can become fruitful to feed women and children. And Lord God, nothing in this world is working and, uh, and we've lost the men. And God, there's this silliness that thinks that we can replace men with government, that we could replace husbands with government, that we could replace fathers with government, that we could replace leaders with government. We can't. Lord God, you started everything by making a man. And when that man messed it up, you fixed everything by sending another man. And so, Father God, we wanna be men like Jesus and we wanna be part of the solution and not the problem. And we wanna live under your blessings so that we can bless others in Jesus' good name, amen.